Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Shay Dixon is back from a little vacation, a little bachelor party in Colorado. And we're going to bring him in now because while he was away, some big news dropped for LSU fans that kind of came out of nowhere. James Craig, offensive line coach, out after three seasons, heading up the offensive line for LSU and Ed Ogeron. Uh, just a simple statement from Ed Ogeron and, and the team saying he's parted ways of the program and the two sides have gone their separate ways and a national search will start immediately. And boy, did it. And Shay, let's start with that. James Craig, who you know led LSU to that Joe Moore Award uh, with the 2019 group that you know is all playing in the NFL, I believe, still at this point. And then they kind of had the up and down 2020 season and 2018 wasn't incredible either. It was an up and down tenure for James Craig, but either way, it was surprising news of when this came down and uh, at least LSU didn't have to wait long for his replacement. Yeah. And I think they didn't wait long for the replacement because they knew this day might be coming. And, and we've heard the buzz uh, from talking to sources that uh, yes, the timing of it is weird. And that's because uh, they had been doing or part of, uh, sort of an ongoing investigation and uh, in in deals with recruiting. And uh, ultimately, it, LSU felt it was best that uh, they parted ways. So um, this was someone that Orgeron had worked with at Tennessee before, at USC before, and now at LSU. Uh, so he held him in high regard. And like you said, that the 2019 season, they won the Joe Moore Award. They were the best offensive line in college football. A lot of people will say, well, Joe Burrow helped a lot with that. But uh, guys like Cushenberry, Lewis, uh, or onto the NFL, and they've obviously still got a couple of starters from that team on roster now. I think that more than anything, um, you know, when I think of reacting to to Craig and him departing, Billy would be recruiting. And I thought always thought LSU was sort of a middle of the pack offensive line team. Team, and even when they were elite, I felt that they could have been even better had they, you know, had a better recruiting hall. And uh, I think a lot of the times the guys that were being recruited were taken a long time to develop and would have to shed some weight and really retransform their bodies. And ultimately, even if you just look at who the recruiting industry thought was the best O-line guys, uh, LSU wasn't always hitting on them. And, and I'll just give you kind of a short rundown here, but <clears throat> what Craig was hired in 2018. So let's give him a full year to recruit 2019, 2021 would be his three recruiting classes. LSU, LSU signed five total four stars and no five stars in those three years. And the lone out-of-state guys they ever had were the three guys who what, signed in the past couple of years, two from Michigan and uh, Anthony Bradford and uh, Garrett Dellinger this class, and then one from Ford, Florida and Marcus Dumerville. Those three are the only four stars from outside the state that he signed. So you aren't looking at a guy replacing really a guy who had been doing a ton of national recruiting. They had locked up the state well. There weren't a bunch of elite linemen leaving, but the issue for me with Louisiana is they don't produce a lot of elite linemen. And uh, if you have that job, you've got to be able to recruit nationally. So it's unfortunate timing for Craig. It's unfortunate timing for LSU. But uh, I think that the door is open at this position as much as any on roster to come in and, and make a real splash in terms of 
upping the recruiting level that had been there previously. And that's just my opinion based on looking at kind of the results during his tenure. Right. And the thing with James Craig too, is, you know, the, the development is, is there. It, it kind of has been, but you also have to tee that up with great recruiting and, and strong recruiting. And that was where I think the disconnect kind of was. You look at guys like Garrett Dellinger, Marlon Martinez, uh, Marcus Dumerville, some of those guys he picked up those guys, at least you kind of, and Xavier Hill too, you look at those guys and you're like, okay, you could kind of see the path to playing time. You can see their development. Um, looking at that 2019 offensive line, they took a ton of steps forward as a unit overall, allowed them to run the offense. They did en route to the national championship. And then you look at the 2020 group, they took a step back, COVID, all that. I was expecting them to take a step forward. And I think they still will in 2021, but the big disconnect here was recruiting. And that's what I think, uh, it has this offensive line in a situation where this 2022 class has to be elite because once this group graduates and moves on, that's starting this year, it's it's going to be somewhat wide open. I mean, outside of Cam Wire, there's not many guys that uh, you look at and you say, okay, surefire, he's going to be good. You like Marcus Dumerville, Garrett Dellinger, um, young guys like that uh, on campus, but you've you've got your Anthony Bradfords who still need to develop. Cardell Thomas has to get healthy. Uh, Thomas Perry. Uh, has battled injuries and and I think the lone one really at this point that you'll have back is is Dare Rosenthal um, out of this group that's expected to start in 2021. So with that, Brad Davis is set to work with this group. He's not finalized in terms of uh, being announced by LSU, but uh, he wrote a thank you to Arkansas uh, on his Twitter, which he really you know doesn't really isn't really too active on, but wanted to thank them, explain what happened. Uh, you know, he needed to come home to Baton Rouge, which he is. He's uh, going back to where he got his start in coaching, uh, right down the road from uh, Southern Lab. He he was offensive coordinator there, and he rose up into the coaching ranks into one of the better offensive line coaches in the country. Worked for Sam Pittman at Arkansas. He's been real close with Sam Pittman pretty much throughout his career, which is a big, I think, um, you know, uh, recognition of, of what Brad Davis has done in his career and who he is as an offensive line coach. LSU moved quickly to get this done. Shay, how does this impact the room? I think the last thing you said is one of the most important, that if you look around, and let's just say the SEC, for instance, Sam Pittman's been in the upper tier of O-line coaches who was incredibly successful at Georgia, not just putting guys on the field that were solid and, and had good offensive lines, but recruiting guys that were five stars. And uh, even certain guys who, let's say a guy or two didn't pan out, they were going out to Michigan or, you know, wherever, somewhere in the Northeast or uh, whatever it might be to, to go battle Ohio State and Bama and those teams with them. And they were winning those battles for five stars. That's something else she hasn't done a lot recently. Uh, so I think when you have a guy who is not a head coach, like Pittman, who's saying, hey, this guy right here has been with me. He's watched me. He's followed me at multiple stops. Uh, he's a guy who can get this job done. I'm sure that's exactly what he told uh, Ed Orgeron. Uh, you know, if those two have a conversation about, hey, uh, we'd like to make the hire here. Uh, I hate to see him go, but look, he's a good one. Uh, and I think a lot of people around Baton Rouge think that from, uh, like you said, his time at Southern Lab and then just rising up through the coaching ranks. I talked to a couple of people after he was hired who would interact with him at things like camp when he would come in during the summer or so whatever it might be. Uh, and said, look, he's energetic. Everybody knows him. He's one of the nicest guys. And I think it sort of follows for me a bit of a trend that Orgeron is seen and identified and, and to me at least fixed, at least 
on the face, we'll see how all these coaches do, of getting younger. And we've seen how much each other position group has praised that. I'm not saying James Craig is the oldest guy out there. He's not at all. But uh, with this move, they get a little bit younger than that. And, and maybe with that comes the ability to, to relate to players or on the recruiting trail uh, in, in a different way. Yeah, I think from what I've gathered, and I spoke with Kelvin Banks, Steve Wiltfunk spoke with Kelvin Banks, uh, a lot of positivity around this hire for them. Will Campbell, LSU's five-star offensive line commit, uh, he was raving about him in our story just before he was on campus all weekend recruiting. I think this is a big positive for for LSU uh, to get him to leave Arkansas, to leave Brad, uh, to leave Sam Pittman, where he's certainly owes a lot uh, to him as far as his career goes, and somebody that once again you see the Louisiana ties with him being a Baton Rouge native. You've got Kevin Falk on staff. Uh, you've got Corey Raymond. You've got Durante Jones, who spent time in Louisiana. Um, you, you're really building a, a, a group of coaches that most certainly want to be at LSU. And I think that's one thing that Ed Ogeron has really prioritized when he's looked at coaches uh, in a way to, to fill out his staffs whenever there's been positions open. Do you want to be at LSU? And sometimes it's worked out where they've had guys that want to be there. And other times, maybe that wasn't always the case. You know, Bo Pelini, I think, probably is, is the most recent example of that. But Brad Davis wants to be at LSU, wants to be in Baton Rouge. Uh, I think this is a positive move for LSU. Uh, I don't, in terms of recruiting, I mean, honestly, it, it's going to get better just because Brad Davis is not James Craig. And, and no disrespect to James Craig in a way, but that was where he really needed to step up and and most certainly missed uh, the boat on, on numerous uh, guys that they could have landed or what have you but brad davis steps in and he's able to get his feet wet right away in recruitments like kelvin banks cam dewberry uh, julian armella uh there, there are there are plenty of prospects that he's recruited at arkansas or at florida that know him and and already have a little bit of a relationship so for those who you know saw the the news of james craig departing and then you see the news of brad davis quickly being targeted and brought in this is good. This is a good thing for LSU. We'll see how he continues to develop this offensive line. But I mean, in the immediate future in this 2022 class, which is so key to the future of this offensive line, this is a positive for me. Yeah. And I think now when you look at, okay, what is this? Is this good for the program? You know, is it overall, is this a, um, you know, like you said, a positive, something that they will ultimately improve across the board on? I think I'm still stuck on not fully knowing what James Craig's impact here was because, and, and hear me out here, look in three years, one of them, he, they did win the Joe Moore award. He clearly put a team out there that was guys like Adrian McGee were playing well on the offensive line. They're not in the NFL or anything right now. So we saw those spurts where he was a very good coach, you know, that, that guys were playing well, if they were in shape and staying healthy and three years is a small sample size. You look at it, that would have been that first class was Cardell Thomas. He was obviously an in-state guy, but Ray Parker, Anthony Bradford, Thomas Perry, Charles Turner. And then last year, what, two years ago, you had Dumerville and Martinez and Xavier Hill. And then obviously this past year, Dellinger and, and Kimo McIndiole. None of those guys have played. At what, a little bit of Charles Turner, a little bit of Marlon Martinez. None of them have ever started. Uh, we've heard obviously the most about Anthony Bradford, but uh, he's still not in the starting role. So I'm still curious to see how his recruiting efforts turn out. And obviously some of that will now be here. A lot of that will be on Brad Davis now in terms of how does he develop the guys that are already there? Because 
you know, I give you all of those names and what only one of those guys was an out of state top 100 guy that was Dellinger. And he just got the campus in January. Um, so the impact of, and if we're going to say this, criticize some of what he did on the trail, we've got to also then say that, look, we've actually never even seen any of these guys play either that he did ultimately sign. I'm very curious about that. And I think that'll go a long way to answering how good Brad Davis really is because uh, he's got what 15 guys maybe on roster right now on scholarship as offensive linemen. And as you noted, he has being at Arkansas who recruits O-line very well. So even if you think none of those LSU doesn't need to be recruiting, you know, kids that were going to go to Arkansas. Well, yeah, they do. So I think the fact that as you noted, they're in on Dewberry and Banks and a number of kids in Texas that Arkansas had been on, he's set up. He's got a full roster. Not all, you know, not all of them are going to be future NFL guys, but you can quickly get out there and get some impact guys. You've got Will Campbell already committed, Borderline already committed. I think it's set up for him to succeed. And, and if he's as good as you say, and, and everybody else seems to think, then I think it will be, Billy, that I think that you would consider this a, a net positive for LSU moving forward. Yeah, we'll be sitting here uh, able to look back on it, uh, I think, you know, in December and see how his you know recruiting ability is. I, I think when you look at the guys they have on that board, they're going to be able to sell immediate playing time. And so things are teed up for him to have a strong finish to the 2022 class. We'll see how uh, the the play on the field uh, goes in 2021. Obviously, he'll he's he didn't have a spring ball. He'll just have the summer, which you really can't do much with the guys and then fall camp to maybe teach them what style he wants them to play along the offensive line. But either way, got a good, uh, you know, signature of support from Sam Pittman. He returns to Baton Rouge. He's a native and he's uh, got some relationships in the 2022 class. So for now, a good hire. And with that, we're going to shut down this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Guys, thanks so much for taking advantage of this 60% off annual subscriptions to Go 24-7. If you're listening to this on Monday, Time is running out if you aren't a subscriber of the site. We had about 25 people just on the first day jump on board to the site, you know, with the with the dead period ending and uh, official visitors, multiple five stars getting on campus and then the camps all, all weekend we had covered. So uh, be sure to subscribe before that runs out uh, Monday at midnight. So check it out. Uh, Go247.com. And until next time, guys, uh, for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. And thanks for listening to this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.